When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hello one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass, your weekly automotive podcast hosted by two rather uninformed enthusiasts. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I'm Sam from the YouTube channel Scene Through Glass. Oh, I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. And you can watch us each week. We hope you enjoy the episode. We're going to go straight in. I'm too excited. I've got, I've got news to share. Ah. <laughs> My GT3 is in this country it has landed at the docks boys and girls my car has been built so wait a minute so it's uh sheerness yes well oh, great knowledge yeah. that's a man who's bought too many porsches over, over. far too many yeah. <laughs> so yeah uh last update was oh i, I have no idea when my car is going to be finished it's stuck on the production line no ceramics no bose audio um and no updates but then we had this kind of provisional completion date i think of the i can't actually come remember what it was now but whatever it was it came and, and it was completed. And they yeah. were like, yeah, rolled off the production line. I got the little email from Porsche with a shot of my car on the production line with paint on and stuff. And uh, yeah, Porsche Guildford got a lovely call from Russell this morning. The car is in Sheerness, uh, which means that really it will probably be at Guildford any day now. Um, what does it mean for us as seen through glass uh, people? Um, it will probably be on the channel mid-January, I think. It won't be any End day. January. By the way. It won't be any day? It won't be any day, no. It'll go to Reading first. Right. And it'll be PDI'd. Okay. Because that's where all Porsche retail cars go. They go straight to Reading. They're PDI'd. And then they're distributed to the five other Porsche centres under the umbrella. Oh, basically. okay. Fine. So okay. it won't go direct to Guildford. So I would say you're still another week or 10 days away before it actually gets to Guildford. Which is then takes us right into Christmas. Correct. And then, you know, holidays and New Year and then a big thing, a big trip going on on the channel at the beginning of January. So, yeah, I I am aiming to collect the car or at least reveal the car to the audience, I think, towards the end of January. So at least we now know it's happening. Because <laughs> for a while there, I was like, oh, this car just might never turn up. But it's, yeah, it's it's actually finally happening. Do I need winter tires? Is that a is that a shall I call Pirelli? Is well, that the <laughs> well, you're having Pirellis, yeah, not Michelin. Yeah, yeah. yeah right, so you're going to ruin the car. We've already spoke about this, but um, I I'm pretty sure you can have winter tires because Germany. Yeah. When I was thinking about this, Germany stipulate you have to have winter tyres in the snow or the bad weather anyway, right? Well, and it, and it, in Italy, there are certain times of the year, certain roads where you have to have winter tyres or chains at least yeah. and parts of Scandinavia. Yeah. But I wonder whether you need a winter wheel. 
Well, that's what I thought. I don't know whether there's a fitment tyre that, that will fit your wheel. That's the problem. Maybe you've got to change the wheels and the tyres. I don't know, mate. GT3 winter wheels. Because I've never bought a, a, a track-focused car and thought for one second to put winter tyres on it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's absolutely going to ruin mate, this If car. I'm collecting the car end of January, I'm not going to want to go, well, I better wait till spring till I can drive it. No. I'll go straight out. I Just have drive s- it then. Go on some adventures. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I need winter wheels, but maybe I do. Here we go. Where are you going? Um, anywhere, mate. Anywhere I can. I think, hopefully, if the timing permits, I've got to look at all my schedules, my calendars. I would love to be the first thing to go down to the GP ice race, which is in Austria well, you'll at the need end of there. January. I'll need winter wheels there, yes. winter tyres there, won't I? If you said to me you were going to Spain, then I'd say don't bother. No, I'm not going to Spain, mate. Right. But I, we've got to do some research. Right. <laughs> Russell, expect my phone call. Because maybe, because I don't, first I can't afford, <laughs> I've spent all my money on this car. I don't think I can afford a different set of wheels. But I would, I would bolt some winter tyres on, but P0s are... A pretty good all weather, aren't they? Yeah, but you've got courses. I'm you? not getting courses, mate. I'm getting P zeros. Just normal P zeros. Yep. Turbo yeah, tires. Yeah, so they're uh, they'll be fine. Yeah, they'll be fine. Well, they'll they're like be all fine, season-ish. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they're equivalent to uh, Michelin P4S. P four S. PS four S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So they'll be fine. Yeah, it's a turbo S tire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It literally, literally is what I'm putting on is turbo so, S tire. So that'll I don't be fine. Need, yeah, I don't know winter tire. Are you going to have that on? all the while that tire or uh, are you going to put I, the semi-stick on at some point i think in the summer i might upgrade to a Corsa if i'm going to go and do a spain or a, or a, a mountain road trip somewhere in in europe but you're not going to put what should be on it a cup two no 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 i'm not going to put a cup two i'm not going to put a trofeo or anything like that like i, I i'm going to stick with the pirellis based on my experience driving 992 gt3s on pirellis and obviously we spoke with spike about it briefly who'd done the same thing he put the turbo p0 tire on um yeah so i think i'll see how i go the the p0 stock turbo tire is what's going on from day one from collection that's already been organized pirelli legends selling those tires down to porsche gilford so they'll be ready to be to fitted onto the car so what tires are on the car now courses or no it comes with cup twos Comes from the factory with cup twos. So you'll have a set of cup twos, anyway. Yeah, I'm in a hope so. <laughs> yeah, you will, yeah. <laughs> Unless Russell yeah. squirrels those away. And you know why you know why it comes with them cup twos, don't you? Because that's the best tire for, oh, to for the car. Yeah, yeah, but you know. <laughs> so you're gonna ruin it. No, no, you're no, gonna I'm not drive gonna, I'm one not. mile, you're gonna make it you're gonna ruin it. No, no, no. This is such a stupid conversation. It's not one that I'm gonna pursue. Um, really? my, my point being, I've made my decision, I've made my choice, and there are so many nine nine two GT three and GT three touring customers and owners actual owners not stipulators like you who have made this change and say that the car is better on the road with these tires so that's the direction i'm going in <coughs> so will i change Porsche, will i change to the courses come the summer potentially potentially i think it would make sense but let's see i might i might find the comfiness of a p0 nicer year yeah. round it's a bit squidgy i like a squidgy car Fair. i do um anyway that was news that i wanted to share with you because i've told you from day one that i was going to keep you posted on gt3 progress and i wasn't expecting that update but it has come through and yeah the car will be on the channel and in my hands uh, end of january very exciting uh anyway on a sort of negative portion note oh really let's talk about that article which i shared with you saying that porsche apparently received the most what would you call it the highest unreliability rating of any manufacturer this year fair um i don't really know how they would have established that as in um is that 
customer service? Is that all included or is it just the reliability of the cars? It's the most unreliable car brands revealed. So Porsche in first with a score of 35.1 out of 100, followed by Land Rover, Jaguar, Alfa Romeo, Audi, BMW, Mercedes-Benz, Vauxhall and Volvo. So let me see if I can see how... um, how they actually put this list together. Because so all the information is collated from 131,000 vehicle policies uh, within with the company in 2021-2022. The data represents only cars that are outside their manufacturer warranties, meaning the minimum age of the sample is three years. Maximum age for the cars included is the analysis is 10 years. Right. Okay, so now we can start to understand why this is a little bit skewed. Because I would assume a six-year-old Cayenne is a bit of a disaster. And a Panamera. And a Panamera yeah. and a 996-911, as I can attest to. Yeah. That's, um, over, that's over 10 years, on it? Uh, sorry, okay, fair. Um, and we also know previous generation Range Rovers, some Jaguars. Like it, The list makes sense. I think people were surprised by Porsche because there's a lot of sort of theory or chat that you know porsche make a very reliable modern car you know famously porsche german and solidly built but i think those who've experienced it or know the truth know that there is unreliability especially within some of the older cars yeah but there's lots of unreliable issues with all manufacturers and all they've all got their problems mate they are machines but when what I see every day, if someone asked me to, if I didn't see that list, if someone asked me today, what's the most unreliable car brand, I'd still say Jaguar Land Rover. Are because you surprised that Porsche are top of that list? Well, it's one year out of how many, how many years? No, well, uh, 2021 and 2022, <laughs> but, but are, you, are you surprised that they're top of that list? Uh, from what I see, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, from what I see, for sure. But, again, I, I know that KNs have a problem, McCann's now that um, older McCann's um, inherent problems are um, what have I had done with McCann's um, turbos okay um, the AdBlue system interesting is a, it's a real common problem under the the scuttle on the uh, where the wipers are there's an AdBlue system there that all gets corroded you know where AdBlue crystallises and stuff like that? It's pig's wee, basically. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. But but what it does is it, it corrodes all the elements away and all the sensors and you have to replace the whole system. Oh, wow. And they're on the shelf. There's always, there's always uh, a common joke we have in the motor trade. If a part is ready and available and on the shelf, it's a common problem. Yes, it's something that goes wrong it, all the time. It, it's yeah. all the time. And, okay. and uh, that's a real common problem. Air suspension's another problem. Water ingress as well. In, on a McCann? On, on, no, on KN's more. Okay. And Panamera's as okay. well. That earlier Panamera is not very good electrical-wise. So, yeah, as some of that older stuff starts to get old, I can kind of understand the, the infotainment systems as well. They start to sod about now, the sat-nav system. So... Yeah, I can. I mean, I don't sell them cars for all these reasons, man. You know, because they do have their problems when they start to get older. So, yeah. 
To be fair, though, I have seen quite a few people complaining about 992 generation 911s electronically. I know Henry at Henry's Car Barn had that Turbo <laughs> S that was literally a Christmas tree in terms of the amount of lights that came on. Uh, I'm pretty sure Shami at Autopap, he had a 992 Carrera 4, Carrera I can tell S. you why that all is as well. Sorry? I can tell you why that all is as well. Go on, please. Because I can, yeah. Go on, but I'd love because, to know. Because the Volkswagen Audi group, a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, decided to uh, basically in-house make all their entertainment systems or their infotainment systems. Okay. So they do it all themselves now. They used to buy it in, I think. From what, Bosch or something? or Probably something like that. I don't okay. know the exact, but they were bang on. But now they do it all themselves. That's why the Golfs and the Audis, all the infotainment systems are crap. And uh, Porsche will use the same systems. They're all the same. Interesting. So the internal computers, the actual electronics. They're no good. They just break. Just ah. freeze up and... Um, RS6s because yep. Range Rovers inherently were terrible for that because they make their own systems they're very complex they are actually a little bit better now because well, they're Bosch now so, oh, so all really? of the oh, there you go, all the flying cameras and things like that all that technology that all those new Land Rover products have that's all from Bosch there you go it'll work then yeah. so, that, so maybe that's why maybe some of it's the in- infotainment system on some of the cars that they've started to make because I'd be interested to know, I say, I mean, that those are accounts from Henry and from Shami that, that I've sort of seen on Twitter and, on, you know, not spoken to either of them specifically in depth about. But from memory, they were electronic issues. I'd be interested to know if anyone's having like mechanical or, or other issues. Because, I, you know, I, I don't hear about Porsches having gearboxes falling out or, you know, like clutch issues or whatever, you know, like proper mechanical issues. It's very rare now that modern cars in general, mate, I mean... Engines and gearboxes, in my experience, over the many years that I've done this job, they don't. Engine and gearboxes don't go bang anymore. Yeah. It's not really a thing. I mean, obviously, if you run them out of oil or you do something that you shouldn't be doing, then yeah, they will go bang. But in general, the the two major component parts of a car now, they're. It's normally all the stuff around it that goes wrong. Turbos, alternators, suspension, stuff like that in general. Uh, speaking of, you know, running at drive oil, it's still one of my favourite jokes from a TV show. I actually can't remember the name of the show, but it was about an American kid who'd gone to college and he was driving around in a Mini and he breaks down in his Mini and his dad comes to help him and says, oh, well, did you put any oil in it? And he went... Dad, don't be stupid. They put oil in at the factory. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that is my sister. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, well, yeah, okay. Well, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, it's not something that I'd really thought about, obviously, with the GT3, uh, you know, potential reliability issues or electronic electronic glitches. But I saw that list and I was like, oh, God, I haven't really thought the Porsche was unreliable. And then, obviously, the accounts that I'd seen on Twitter talking about it. Uh, yeah, I, I, maybe, maybe the halo around Porsche's, you know, sort of reputation of being these sort of super well-built and super reliable cars is is fading a little bit as some of the products get a bit older or now, as you say, some of their infotainment systems or electrical systems start to, to wane. I mean, do you think it would ever turn people off? Well, Porsche? if they don't get a hold of it, possibly. But what what we also have to understand is that the more a manufacturer makes the more problems they're going to have. Well, that was so that's what I was going to ask, because actually, if you look back at the list, most of them are big number manufacturers. You know, Audi, Mercedes, BMW are all there just because the amount of cars that they're making Correct. as well. You know, like that, that doesn't necessarily mean that all of them are absolute crap. Yeah. But if you're turning over that or producing that much, that many cars, there's going to be problems there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're looking for a percentage of most unreliable cars, I'll tell you what will really definitely be in there. Pagani. 
Uh, well, I don't, I don't know whether well, they no. go wrong. Can't exactly. But 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 definitely McLaren and Aston Martin. Oh my God! Uh, no, as a percentage, if you look at percentage of what they sell and what goes wrong, and I tell you what else, mate. Although I've never really had any problems, Ferrari will probably be in there as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, because of what they make, they don't make a huge amount of cars, but they do have their they do have their problems. I think we've spoken about this before. How that maybe the reason that people don't bang on about Ferrari reliability so much anymore is because of the incredible service pack and warranty oh, pack that you now get. It's the best. The the cars might still be as unreliable or as just you know stricken with issues as before it just it doesn't impact the owner as much because now you just send it back to the dealer and just not get just sorted correct not not just that is that people don't use them every day sure as yeah. well they don't they don't you know an average ferrari owner probably does a thousand miles a year you know we're talking about 911s and cars that do fifteen thousand miles a year and sure. stuff you know so which which is what porsche it's the everyday sports car. It's someone for every day. So the the fact that they do make a lot more cars now, especially, and I said to the, I said this to you many times that I think Porsche have got good from 2010, which means if they've got good, that means they sell more cars, which means more breakdown, which means that list is bang on, which means I was right again. <laughs> <laughs> Can we end again? Can we go? Uh, I've done no. it again. No, you <laughs> Today's episode has very kindly been sponsored by Masterworks. Now, Tony, I have a question for you. Uh-huh. Aside from cars. Actually, I don't even think you invest in cars, but do you invest in anything aside from cars? I do invest in cars. <laughs> Not very well, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I made a living out of it. Uh, just about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anything outside of cars? Um, property, occasional watch. Okay. But Have you ever considered artwork, like paintings? No, I haven't, actually. Well, it's a world that... I mean, I'm not very knowledgeable about, but I'm aware of, firstly, because actually it's a world my dad's involved with, but secondly, because I always see those articles being like, Picasso sells for a hundred million dollars. And I'm like, Amazing. God, I just wish I could find a Picasso lurking around Or a hundred million dollars. Yeah, just sell for a huge <laughs> amount. But I'm often priced out of that market. But this is where Masterworks lets people like me or, or Tony into the world of sort of art investment. This isn't NFT or crypto. This is Monet, Picasso, Banksy. These are the big hitters. These are the big hitters. These are the big boys. I'll be honest, those are probably the only three artists that <laughs> really? I actually know. I'm not very good. But as you said, they're the big ones. I mean, yeah, do yeah. you need to know any others? No. <laughs> But yeah, it's fully legit, securitized through the SEC. So this is proper investment. And essentially, you can buy shares in these paintings. Amazing. And then as and when Masterworks might sell these paintings, if they sell for profit, you get a, a share in that profit. Their most, their most recent sale I've got up here on the screen was in November and got a 13.9% net return oh, for good. investors, which I mean, that sounds pretty good to me, yeah, I've got to yeah. be honest. That means the last three sales have been 17, 21 and 33% net return for yeah, investors. Yeah, I mean, 21 and 33% is good in any business. Full stop, mate. I mean, that that's a lovely return, that is. It's got you interested, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, 33%. And joking. you get to go to dinner and be like, oh, you know, actually, I am an investor in Picasso. <laughs> <laughs> you can sound way more credible than maybe we do. Yeah. We go, I actually invested in a Jaguar. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah. bores people completely. But yeah, yeah as I say, uh, Masterworks very kindly sponsored this episode. They've got over 500,000 users and have, only, have had over $650 million invested on the platform so they are proper people yeah this is yeah, not some yeah. kind of iffy weird you know new setup this is a proper platform giving you a proper opportunity to get involved with proper art but 
at a more affordable point. They've actually had so much demand, they're now adding at least a painting every week. Some of their paintings have sold out in literally minutes. So yes, if you're interested, if you want to find out more, check out Masterworks. Link is in the description below. Thank you to them for sponsoring this episode. From one brand that tops that list to another brand that's very near the top of that list, uh, my beloved Jaguar. Yeah. Uh, because this week I've been driving around in the F-Pace SVR Edition 1988. No idea. <laughs> so it's celebrating that <laughs> iconic XJR9, which was a Jaguar. You all know it because it was the silk-cut Jaguar. So purple, white and gold. Nine won nine. Le Mans, won the World, Constru- uh, the World Sports Car Championship with Martin Brundle. You know, like a, yeah, a proper yeah. iconic uh, Jag. And I don't... <laughs> I love Jaguar. Here we go. So take everything I'm going to say now with it. You know, it's, I love Jaguar. Basically, he's going to contradict himself again. Well, no, but, but <laughs> strange to celebrate that iconic sports car on an SUV. Well, that's what they sell most of, mate. I, th- I, there we go. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? So, so like, 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 but that's what I'm saying. Like, you would, it would make sense as an F-type, yeah. but the F-Pace is what they sell the most of. It's the an unbelievable product. I adore the F-Pace SVR. I think it punches so far above its weight. I think the interior is fantastic. I think the dynamics, I think the performance, I think the pricing, bang on. So, of course, as you say, that's why they've chosen the F-Pace to do it on. The pricing isn't bang on. I think it's bang on, 78 grand. But but it's not, I mean, plus options. But very few options you can do on an FHS SVR. Right. If you spec up an FHS, unless you went for some crazy SVO paint like tourmaline brown. <laughs> Hello, brown F-type. Um, but yeah, unless you went crazy, you're at 80, 80, you're like at 82, 83 grand max. Right. Okay. Have you got an answer for that? Not really. No, because it's I still, great value. It's, well, but, but it isn't because one, no one buys them. So it can't be that good value because everyone would buy it. It's them. overlooked. It's, Go on. It, I, I agree. I admit it's overlooked. It, Go on. It's hugely overlooked i i think it's a little bit underrated but maybe there's a space problem inside it has actually got a stupid engine for that size car as well especially the svr but the the f pace in general doesn't sell anywhere near as good as uh you can't compare it to an evoke can you it's a big no 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 it's 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 x5 size it's between x3 and x5 if there was an X4 actual, you know, it's it's in between those. No, it's two. X3 size. It's I'll not. Think. It's not. It's bigger than X3. Do you think it's bigger than X3? I know it's bigger than X3. Well, so you've got an X3. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> I can directly compare. It's 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 not as big as an X5, but it's probably just. It sits somewhere in between X3 and X5. In between. Well, um, that, then from that respect, then it's even better than an X3 if you're look, just looking for space. Yeah. But everyone will buy an X3. Well, so did you. It's the inherent Jaguar badge issue. Yeah. um, Where, you know, it's same as the XE or an XF. People just like to look to the German rivals. And I'm sure reliability plays a part of that. But what I'm saying is I think that's because the first gen F-Pace and not just SVR did let itself down in terms of the interior. The, The design of the interior, the infotainment systems, the equipment. When you're entering into that SUV space, you need to be right out there. You need to be punching from day one. And now this new facelift has come out, which is on a level, I think, is a Range Rover Sport. Like, it's basically bang on the same. So many shared components and parts anyway, but at really not half the price, but at least two-thirds of the price. So you, you can make a saving, and you're still getting a very similar experience. The manoeuvrability of that F-Pace SUV has been fantastic. I've been driving in and around town. It's it's a bigger car than my X3, but my God, it just, you can literally just twist and turn it everywhere. Okay, 
Who needs an SVR? I, this is a point that I've banged on about on my channels for years. Super fast SUVs, I don't always think make a lot of sense, but it each to their own. As a car with that engine, it's awesome. It sounds great, looks the bomb. So it does get overlooked, and it is, I think, it punches above its weight in terms of value. All right. So I'm going to say a couple of things now, which right. which you which you've just come out your mouth. Super powerful big SUVs make absolutely no sense, but you'd have one of them Cadillac Escalade, yeah. <laughs> which is yes. the most ridiculous statement I've ever yeah. heard. Yeah. That's number one. Okay. And secondly, you've half hit the nail on the head with the SVR with the with the F Pace SVR that. Jaguar Land Rover make a rival for that car, which mm. is more money that everyone goes and buys, and that's the Range Rover one. Yeah, Range Rover Sport. Yeah. So, and it's more money. Yeah, yeah, much but, more money but every, these days. Yeah, but everyone buys it because that's the car to have. Well, because that's the badge you want. Yeah, you know? I mean, but, and I and I think if you're in the eighty grand mark for SUV X5 or Q Q5. What's uh, the uh, no Macan no. GTS? Macan GTS. Macan Turbo be there. I think that's they just win over, unfortunately. Of course. But, but Jag has that problem throughout their range and always has as a mark. You know, they're, when they're competing against the Germans or the Japanese or whatever, they they will always struggle. But that that's where I think people are getting it wrong because as a car, it's actually fantastic, and it's right. just one of those ones that people won't consider because of the other options. Fair, and this is what comes right straight back round to what. We've always said, or I've said before, is that it's the run, one of the reasons why Jaguar are going all electric because they don't sell any petrol cars. Well, I mean, for sure, and the the P four hundred E version, which I've driven, the F Pace is that's the one to have of yeah. that range because it's a it's a really nice engine with great hybrid technology. The car's still lovely, and my point about super fast SUVs, and I did say this in the video that's going to go live at the weekend, is that. They're fun. They're great. But to live with is where I think they're a bit pointless because fundamentally you're buying an SUV because you need the practicality, you want the comfort, you're probably doing lots of miles. And okay, the sporty one is for the, the guy or girl who needs a one-car garage, who needs to do it all in one, who still wants the stance, the presence, the badge, the sound. I get it. Like I totally understand why it's built and I understand why people buy them. But for me personally, I don't, I don't need it in my life because I'm spoiled and I've got other cars. So I'm like, I don't really care. Uh, like Eurus or uh, Benteke, I think doesn't sit up there, but Eurus or Turbo Cayenne GT or DBX, I would happily just be in a Range Rover. Me too. Do you know I, mean? I, I want Me the too. comfort or the Bentayga. Or yeah, yeah. I want the comfort and the luxury. I yeah. don't need the performance in an SUV because let's face it, if I get on that Canyon Road, I'm I'm not going to attack it in an SUV. Apart from a Urus, because you actually can. Yeah, sure. The Urus is super impressive. Yeah. But I'm, st I'm still not going to really want to. I might be like, haha, I'm going to have some fun here and show my mates how fast this car is. But I'm not going to wake up on a Sunday morning and go, I'm going to go out for a drive in the Urus. No, you're not. Yeah. yeah so that that's my whole thing. But yeah, anyway, FPS is very good. As much as I love that car and I love Jaguar, the not, not only do I not understand why they've celebrated the XJR9 on an SUV. I also don't understand why it's 20 grand more. It starts at 98 grand for what I can tell is literally purple paint that for me isn't purple enough. Was that and the car you posted on social media? Yeah. It's black. It's literally black. Oh, right. <laughs> unless it's like, unless it's such aggressive sunlight where you're like, oh, is this car purple? Oh, like, right. Okay. You wouldn't tell. I've had to edit all my photos. <laughs> Even then, it still looks black. And apparently gold wheels, so again, hint towards the silk car. But aren't but gold. They just look dirty. <laughs> yeah. So like, 
you're paying 20 grand. Okay, fine, it's ticked every box and whatever. Like, it's like fully specced. But I, just get the standard F-Pace SVR in a nice color and do the wheels yourself down at some place that can paint wheels. Like, yeah. I love you, Jaguar. And I would love to have a purple F-Pace SVR with gold wheels, but I'm not going to pay the 20 grand premium. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just not going to do it. No. And there's like barely any badges. It's not, do more is what I'm trying to say. If you're going to do a limited edition like that, just go full on, go all out, crazy purple, loads of gold, big badges, different interior. Let's just, just go full whack. Well, that's what they've done. Yo, no, it's said. not what they've done. They've, just, they've played it really safe. Right. They've gone, oh, no one's actually going to buy a really purple car with gold wheels though. So we'll make it like a little bit purple and a little bit gold. We'll and then- paint it black and say it's purple. Literally. <laughs> um, because we are live streaming today, some of you may not know, uh, we've obviously uh, recently joined Recast or added a Recast page to our portfolio of yeah. platforms as a podcast. Our repertoire. Our repertoire, thank you. <laughs> uh, and one of the things we're going to be doing over on that Recast page is, is live streaming these recording sessions. Um, and so we've actually been asking some people or some viewers of our live stream to submit some questions. Uh, we had one come in from Ed Moses uh, this morning, wanted to know about our snow driving in the snow stories because it snowed here today in the UK. We, yeah. all, we all woke up covered last in a night. bit of snow last night. Thank you very much. So I uh, need more of that coffee, don't I? Uh, um, so yeah, we, we woke up to cover, covered in snow. You more so than me. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, Ed was just saying, what are, our, what are some of our fun driving in snow stories? I don't think I have many. Do you have lots of sort of, do you have like great anecdotes about driving in the snow? <laughs> not, not, not really. Not, what did you drive today? Uh, an RS6, actually. Oh. Well, actually, that's quite a good comparison to an F-Pace SVR. Go on. It's a big wagon. Yeah. Uh, it's four-wheel drive. 30 grand more, but it's, keep going. It's luxury. Yeah. Uh, it's not 30 grand more list to list, though, mate. What do they list at RS6? Mm, just over 100. List. Yeah, 78, and it must be 108 for an RS6, isn't it? But, but it's 78 to 100 plus now. options. No, no, but you said list to list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cheeky list bugger. List Oh, then it's 90-odd plus options for an RS6. Might be 91. Price from 105 grand starts. What for that for? For an RS6. That's gone up. Yeah, like everything. So it's 30 grand more. All right, 30 grand. You can have that one. Well done. I'm so happy with that. me. I'm so happy. It's the first time it's actually happened. And it's live. It's literally going out live right now. No one can say that didn't happen. Okay, sorry. So go on. Good comparison or not. Or not. So anyway... um, if you do compare it, you've had an RS eight as well. Can you believe it? Yeah. Can you believe I own one? No one ever remembers it. Um, and you and you've been in the SVR. Yeah. So why? Did, that's what I was going to ask you a question. Actually, come on. Why didn't you, when you come out the RS six? Why didn't you buy an F Pace SVR? I, I wouldn't have bought the SVR because the same reason I. One of the main reasons I came out the RS six was I just don't need that fuel economy in my daily. I just right, don't fine. need that performance. Why didn't I buy a P four hundred E? Because I had the F-Type coming and I thought two Jags in the garage, bit overkill. Right. Simply that. I think if I didn't have the F-Type, like I, I, and again, I'm revealing a lot about my video, which is going live this weekend, but I simply asked myself the question, of course, Vicky has the X3, right? That's the practical car. Yeah. So why don't I sack off the X3 and the F-Type and then get an F-Pace FTR? Because then I've got both cars in one. I've got the practicality of the F-Pace with the engine of the F-Type and that's the daily I should have. That was my, and I was like, uh, there's not really an answer as to why. It's <laughs> like, that's like done. So you've done yourself. I've done myself. 
Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Apart from the fuel economy, right. because obviously the X3 is a bit of a, it's, a, it's the diesel, it's the M40D, and it's a workhorse. And Vicky puts like a fair few miles on it. Yeah, fair enough. Like, so anyway, so go Fair on. enough. Fair enough. Yeah, so so how do you get on with the RS6? Because right. everyone wants to know. Come right, on, I'm going to ask this question. So I love the RS6. I, I, do, I do love the RS6 as a car. It's lovely to drive. Um, in many ways, I prefer it to an SUV. Um, in some ways I don't, um, it's fast, especially not in today's weather, but in just normal every day, apart from it being ridiculously bad on fuel, which it is, it is just a really nice car. It's just a really lovely car. Um, how was it in the snow this morning? No good. Ah, no good, man. Interesting. Yeah, because... It's the same as a Q7 or a, a, a Q8. They're not very good in the snow either. But what tyres has it got? I bet it's got some sporty tyres. It'll have it? uh, P0s on it, probably. Mm. Yeah, it will have Paris on it. Yeah, yeah it's got yeah, Paris. Yeah. Um, it's just not. It's mine just had not weird. Mine had like Continentals or something. Maybe, mine, yeah. Mine came, yeah mine came with some odd tyres, I think. Yeah, it's got. It's, this has got Prellies. But it's just not like if you go up any incline. And it's it, it, it doesn't want doesn't want to go up. See that sucks, up. doesn't it? Because yeah, it, uh, purely on a sort of Instagram level, which is embarrassing. RSX is a car that you kind of want to drive to your ski resort, or you want to take up to a hotel in Scotland in the no snow. Chance. Like you want that imagery of like here I am in my all weather beater. Like look at me in an RSX. But you're saying you're not going to get anywhere. No chance. But but that's like everything, mate. You you wouldn't get there in an X5. You wouldn't get there in any any of these sport utility vehicles apart from a Range Rover a Range Rover you go anywhere Defender any Range Rover product you will go anywhere in it full stop all the rest of them are just like bit they're cars but I bet if you put some winter snow tyres on an RS6 you'd be fine it, I bet it's a tyre thing well it'd probably be better but you don't have to put winter tyres on a Range Rover. No, I, totally fair. I agree with you there. That's that, not that, just You're the right. Thing. The Range Rover would go anywhere, anywhere. on any tyre. Like, yeah. Just absolutely live its best life. But 
I'm trying to think back to some of the snow tours, which was going to be my answer to Ed's question is those have been the best, most epic snow adventures that I've had. And that, you know, people take stupid cars out there and I'm sure there was an RS6 one year and it coped very, very well. I mean, there was a Bentley Continental one. I mean, like, you know, stuff that shares similar yeah. kind of setups. So I think, you know, I think some right tires, you'd probably be fine. But yeah, you make a good point that a Range Rover is capable enough or a Defender is capable so enough. So we've got some really a deep incline lanes. Steep, steep. Steep, deep, whatever. <laughs> steep. Steep, steep inclines uh, near my work. For any of you that have been near my work, all know that in the snow, it's a, it can be a disaster. I goes to go up this lane today in the RS6, knowing full well in a Range Rover, I 100% would have got up there because I've done it before in a in any Range Rover product. Just, they just go up. I, I barely attempted it, mate. I, really? I went to go up and the whole car started spinning <laughs> with a Quattro system. And I thought, actually, I can go further, but if I get halfway up and another car comes down and I lose my momentum because it's a single track road, um, I then will definitely get stuck because he doesn't like it now. So I went around the other way. But um, as a car, though, I still... I know you didn't really like it, but I, I love them. They look great. They, they look got, amazing. They, they look amazing. They, the, the road presence, because of the air suspension, they lovely glide down the road, lovely. They're fast. They've got nice entertainment system, great stereo, you know, everything about, apart from the fuel economy, but you can't have everything. You can't but have then, a big 600 horsepower V8 engine with carrying two ton and it be 40 to the gallon. It's, you know, you've got to have some compromise. But all the other things you just mentioned, would you not also just get, or could you not get in an A6 55 TDI or whatever the It's not an RS6 though, is it, mate? It's not, you know, I, I agree. understand. I, I, like, no, no, I totally agree. And for my for my life, like I've used it all weekend. The dog's been in it. My daughter's been in it. We've been out as a family. And it is a great family car because it's got a massive boot. It's got some power. Like, like I, I know that sometimes they go a little bit under the radar. There was huge hype when they come out because it's an Audi RS6, but... As a car to live with, apart from the fuel, obviously, it is a cracking car. It really is a good car. I, you're you're definitely not wrong. My whole thing was I just don't need it. Like like uh, you know, it's it's uber cool. Um, and it's you're right. It's not an RS6 in terms of how it makes you feel, and that's what it really dials down into. Because as you say, everything that you just said is what's so nice about it. Actually, would be even nicer in a less sportier model because you wouldn't have the brittleness of the ride. It would actually be a nicer car to waft around in with the infotainment system and the sound system and the, all of those things. But it does, it's not going to make you feel the same way. And it, the only way I can think about it, I picked up a new watch last week. Um, every watch tells the time, theoretically. Yeah. But they make you feel differently. And, and an, an A6 diesel is not going to make you feel the same way as an RS6 does. But could it be more usable and give you the same levels of comfort and luxury and everything? Probably. Well, I'm not sure about levels of comfort because I think it's it drives love because of the different suspension settings and the air suspension on it. It drives lovely the RS6. It's not. It does. It's not. It has got big wheels on it. It's got yeah. 22 or 23. It has got massive wheels on it, but it you could almost if you shut your eyes, it, it is almost Range Rover comfortable. Oh no, no, no! I'm not it, gonna. I'm not gonna mate, take it that. Is, at all. I think it's. I've just mm. got out of it. I, I know. I, 
I owned one. I <laughs> so have I <laughs> many. To try, to try have one up. I bet I've done more miles than I'm one sure in you. you have, there you go, I'm then. sure you have. But, 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 but you are also prepared or, or happier with compromise in terms of ride. And I, I, I just, I, I wouldn't say an RS6 has the same ride quality as a Range Rover. Nowhere near. But I would say it has an impressive ride quality for a car that is that sporty. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, anyway. Uh, so yeah, Ed, I don't really have a, any amazing anecdotes from snow driving apart from my yeah the snow tours with team galag i think they're doing another one next year but i'm not gonna have to make it but um well yeah, i have you- definitely probably nearly crashed in the snow before. oh easily i mean 100 yeah, i nearly crashed in the dry yeah yeah gp ice race that's been epic snow benches i mean yeah you know uh, no like <laughs> amazing snow story for you yeah. so let's move on because a couple of weeks ago you went and specced up a new BMW M2. I did, yeah. And you called me with actually a few fascinating revelations about your experience. So tell us everything. Where did you go? Are you specking one up to actually buy one? Is it a personal car? Is it a company car? Etc. Go. Um, so I'm getting it from my uh, friend's BMW garage. Okay. So uh, it's a really, really early car. Uh, I will use it for a bit, but then I will. it will go up for sale. It'll be like for people in the trade or for people that, understand the trade it will be like a demonstrator car so almost like if you're at a main dealer and you've got a demo car i'll run it for a few months get used to it sometimes i do that i'll buy new cars i'll run them for a while get used to all the buttons know what's what know everything about the car and then they'll they'll go for sale especially things that you know you're going to see a lot of right that's correct what you said to me before yeah, yeah 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 so you know rs freeze rs all that all the big german stuff i had an early m3 if you remember m4s yeah. Um, always have done M2s so you know what you're talking about when they start coming back when through. they start coming bang on yeah. there you go he does listen to me <laughs> well done thank you okay so so yeah so uh, early car being when roughly so um, if you've been a little bit slow to getting your name down for one of these you ain't getting one next year no chance wow. yeah 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 so um, there there doesn't seem to be a huge I mean there will be mate it's a mass produced car there. sure in a minute, there will be millions of them. But as we speak at this moment, dealers aren't getting tens and tens and tens of them. So um, there's obviously a huge influx normally straight away of, yeah, I want one, I want one, I want one, I want one. Obviously, people will cancel. them. might be the odd one available. Um, but initially, they're all sold out. Wow. So you can't, wow. you know, you, if you went to BMW now and said, oh, can I have one? You won't get one next 2024. year. 2024. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. won't get one next year. No well, chance. Okay, so to answer my original question, when do you hope to have yours? June. June. Oh, sorry. I thought I told you. D- no, maybe no. you did. I wasn't Oh, listening. right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's more like it. <laughs> yeah, do you know why? Because I was distracted. Somebody replied to... We, we got a viewer from Denmark. No, uh, we yeah, yeah, Rasmus991, watching from Denmark. Lovely. Hello. Howdy, howdy mate. Um, okay, so talk me or, or retell me the sort of things that you learned during your specking experience because yeah i think you were surprised and i was surprised by what yeah. you said um in terms of what the options are not and, many well there we go and price so yeah so i guess you went black <laughs> of course you know <laughs> <laughs> of course i went black so i went black 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 yeah. black obviously black wheel stealth car and actually i've partly done that because of the the lines on it but if you stealth it out I think it will look mega like that because it in that because what a lot of people do always with BMW M cars they'll always order them in the 
in the um, the launch colour. Which was, was that, it the blue? Or it's it? red. Oh, it's red for the M2. It, it, it's like a... Okay. Like Orangey a, red. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, called, it's called something. You can only get it in four colours at the moment as well. Okay. Um, red, black. There's a, loo, there's a new, like, pal blue. Um, and I think you go grey as well. There's four or five colours. There's not many colours anyway. Any cost? Any of the colours, do you remember? No, no, no. No, no, okay. no, no same. All... All same colour. So the list price of the car is about 61, 62 grand. Okay. Standard car. However, it does come with a lot of options. So um, it'll come with Harman Kardon. Oh, okay. So you can't do a tech plus. No. So this is in the UK, by the way, because it yeah. may be that in other territories or countries that's different, but it, this is in the UK. So the only, there's only like two or three packs you can put on it. So you've got the carbon pack, which okay. which for the first time on an M2 will give you carbon roof. You've never been able to have carbon roof on an M2 before. We now can. Lots of money? or um, So the carbon pack is the roof, the skirts, some other little fancy bits, interior, and the seats, most importantly. You get the okay. big carbon bucket seats. Like in the M3, M4? Correct. Okay. That, that, them, them same seats. That's a six grand option. Okay. So you've got that. Manual gearbox is an option. 500 quid they're going to charge no. you to have, a, to have a worse car. No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Because I'm going to tell you another thing as well. Can we have a conspiracy on that? Go on, tell me. Right. So, we've always spoke about this, and mm-hmm. you always lean on to manual. It's a proper driver's car, but that's because you drive like... I can't, yeah. No, that, that's stereotypical. You can't really say that. Can you say girl? A grandpa. Grandpa. So, like an old person. Yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> So 2022. The, <laughs> the car is 460 horsepower now. So okay. it's a huge it's increase. More than my <laughs> I'd be way faster than that. Um, it's a huge increase on the old car. Would have been 370-ish, I think, the old car. The M2, the Comp's oh, 420. Okay. Yeah, fine. The M2. Sta- standard M2. Standard yeah, good point, M2. Good point, yeah. Right. So, so nearly, it's 100 horsepower more, basically. Um, and 500 pounds worth of torque as well. So it is too fast for a manual. In my opinion, it's too fast for a manual gearbox. Now, I, I know, I know you've got a, um, a, a thing about manuals, and you like manual gear. I nearly said something else then. <laughs> Stop myself! I know we're live. <laughs> we're about to say something naughty. Yeah, I'm not, I wasn't going to say something naughty. I was okay. going to say something I really shouldn't be saying. Okay. Um, Thank you. But um, yeah, the manual. The manual is just too fast. And I know you like a manual gearbox, but I think it's too fast now. Um, you can have a comfort pack. Okay. Which will give you heated steering wheel, keyless entry, kind of a silly little bits. You sort of probably got to have Wireless that. Apple CarPlay or something stupid no, like that's that. That's all standard. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It, honestly, mate, it, it's a standard car. It comes with a, a lot of kit. Um, there's not many options on wheels either. Okay. Um you and there's a couple of other tiny little options that you don't really need but apart from that like i I put the comfort pack and the carbon pack on my car okay of 70 grand so i was gonna say but but you know that's not far off a fully loaded car i guess so i I would just say it's fully loaded a fully loaded car is 72 grand maybe take every box tops 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 which is still a ton of money but but what's that i mean a fully loaded m 
three M and four actually nine, is, ninety and a bit more. If not, yeah, I mean over a hundred. Would you not think for a fully loaded M four now? No, 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 no. So a okay. fully a fully loaded convertible would be close to a hundred. Fine. Uh, a fully loaded coupe would be very early 90s same as an m3 so what do you think the price difference of a fully loaded car is so 15 20 grand yeah 20 grand 20 grand 20 okay. grand yeah, yeah so when you compare that to the old car it's right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's you know the old car was full, it's just everything's become more expensive full, 47 grand and yeah. an old an old m car was 60 odd grand so everything's just become more expensive everything's become more expensive it 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 means that you know, that's our entry-level M car still, right? We haven't got anything below that. Obviously, for the for the hot hatch, we're still at the, the M1, you know, the sort of the baby M's. There's not a proper um, M hot hatch at these days, is there? So, Well, I actually think the sweet spot for that, for the, and it's funny how things change, the sweet spot will be the um, the 240i. Yeah, which you've said for a while, actually. Yeah, which, I, I think, because that will be the 40-odd grand car, which is a proper grown-ups car now. It really is a great car, that. So you've got the M135 as your entry. It's not really an M car. It's like M Performance. It's, yeah, it's yeah, a 300 yeah. horsepower hot hatch. They sort of have to make that because of Volkswagen Golf R and the S3s and all that. Then you step up into a grown-ups car, which is the new 240i, which is, you know, some people, because of the looks, they think it's whatever. And then if you, you want a bit more power and a bit more speed, you then get into an M2, then I guess at some point there'll be a comp, an M2 comp. And then if you want to be really brave, because I think it's different target audience now, mate. You know, I I, I, I think... What? Go on, sorry. It's the M car, the M, the M4 and the M3. I really think they're trying to go for a, a, like almost a 911 customer now. I, I'm with you. I think we've both spoken about how the new, the latest generation M3 and M4 have really... Uh, soften themselves to open up their market, their customer base for the mass, for the mass, so yeah. that more people can get in those cars and enjoy them. They're not such blunt instruments. Where the M2 seems to have really taken the place of the old M3, what people think of as the driver's car. Mm. That is now the M2. That's the one you want if you're going to really go out and just have a bit of a blast. Um, so two things. Firstly, do we not think that they'll offer some? I mean, it's tough to say in the current market, but some great uh, finance deals on the M2 to make it still attractive, even if it is. Uh, an expensive car on list, you know, 70-odd grand, but potentially pe- with pe- some good deals? Pe- people vote with their feet, don't they? So if they're, if they're not selling the product at that money, they'll reduce it. They'll they'll introduce a, a, a lower APR for new cars. As we know, on new cars, APRs are quite often less than a used car anyway because it's subsidised by the manufacturer. So there's more incentive for you to buy a new car. They'll, they'll keep an eye on it, mate. Because that's why M2 Comp, with the previous generation, was so popular and so successful, is it was a very achievable or affordable sports car, first sports car. You know, for so many people who were, you know, I'm talking about circa 50K, so you still got to be doing well for yourself. But it was a car that you could jump into for 450, 500 quid a month mm. with not a huge deposit. And you're getting a lot of car for that. Great badge, great performance. Probably all you would need on a majority of roads. For sure. Like, so... So I would assume that even though the M2 might be coming out at 65 or 70 grand, they'll try and not be too, far, like six, 550, 600 quid a month. I doubt it, mate. Because really? what, Yeah, because what you have to, what people always have to understand is that you're then not borrowing 40 odd grand anymore. No matter what the residual mm-hmm, is, mm-hmm. you're not borrowing 40 odd grand, you're borrowing 65 grand. Fair, totally fair. So, so 
obviously, as most of you know, you pay the interest on the balloon payment all the while, all the way through the agreement. So um, that still stands. Yeah. So yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, only, you, only so much they can do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and as well, you almost, from a consumer point of view, you really want to try and pay a bit more a month and have that balloon payment shorter or smaller because you'll pay less interest over the term. Yeah. You don't want it high. And it's, we always we always get it where um, people come in and say, oh, we want the balloon payment to yeah. be huge. But over the term, you're just going to pay more money. Like, And nowadays, because of FCA regulations, we're now not allowed to mess around with balloons and interest rates. It's what you see is what you get. So what's advertised on a website or what, what a dealer says because of manipulating on what, we all used to get up to and customers what used to get up. The FCA have literally taken the powers from everyone and said, this is it now. This is what, this is it. So I I, I would say an M2 now with 10% deposit will be 700 quid a month. Mate. Yeah. It's just, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just the way of the world. Yeah. It's just, I'm sure it, it is just what, what's going to happen. So it's what it is. So let's just pick up on the manual gearbox thing for a second. Really? Do we have to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not discuss whether it's good or bad for the car. Let's discuss the fact that they are charging for it because, just bear with me for a second, 20, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, they would charge you for a flappy paddle gearbox, wouldn't they? That was the, the premium choice. Oh, you want a flappy paddle, so that's going to be an extra two grand, I'm afraid. You know, you the, the latest, other way around. If you want the latest tech, blah, blah, blah. Now, our BMW going... The majority of M2 customers actually want them in a manual. So we've got an opportunity to make money here. Let's charge them 500 quid and we'll make a bit of cash. I or, the other way around. or are they going, no one wants the manual. It's a ball ache for us to put in. We haven't got them. So let's just push everyone towards DCT. Correct. Really? That's the real reason. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because back in the day and as well, we all know, we spoke about manufacturing costs a little bit before. If, if it's a 50-50 split, on manual and PDK or DCT, in a, in a round, I know this sounds really stupid. It will cost the manufacturer more mm. because they're doing half and half. If they say to ZF, whoever the gearbox maker is, we want ten million autos and we want four manuals, for instance, then you're going to pay a premium for the manual. Economies of scale. Yeah, you'll yeah. you'll pay less for the auto. Or if they say we want five thousand autos and 5,000 manuals you won't you'll get a better deal if you if you get 10 million autos that's what I'm trying to say it's like if you've ever been to a DIY shop or if you had to buy a weird screw for something and you go on a website and they say right here you go you can buy these screws but it's 4p a screw you buy a pack of 100 and they're X amount of money but actually to just buy one costs you 3 quid yeah you know so the cost to the manufacturer Per unit, per gearbox, because most people they know will have the auto. They can go to the go to the supplier and say, "Right, this is our order for auto box. What can you do us as a deal? This is our order for manual boxes. What can you do us?" So, well, we're really sorry, Mister BMW, we can't do you as much deal on that one because you haven't ordered halfway near as many. Fair. So then there needs to be a surcharge, and that and that that will be the reason why. It's it, it's mind blowing to me because. Uh yeah, as I say, I would, uh, 
I'd have the manual. But well, you got to pay, sir. Well, so don't pay. <laughs> you can't have it. Uh, okay, let's just check in on some of our viewers over on the recast page. Uh, James Bond, I don't think that's his real name. Actually, I know it's not because it's Dan Palmer, uh, <laughs> is watching from Hammersmith. Uh, Hello. Enjoying the live stream. That's very keen. Um, and uh, also, we've got a few more questions. So, uh, Peter Collette has uh, asked, X3 M40i or X3 M40D? You are the man to ask um well, peter thank you for tuning in and watching us live um you know what okay so i don't want to go into this too in depth because i feel like maybe there's a chat we should do in a future episode the m40i is an unbelievable engine and i didn't realize that until i spent so much time in the m40d so the smoothness the smoothness of the M40i engine is pretty hard to beat. It's an, it's just a, it's just a lovely peach of an engine. Can I say something about that very, very quickly? You know that that actual engine is in the car world up there with being probably the best engine in man of in being manufactured as we speak today because it's so usable and so tunable and for what it goes in the range of cars that BMW make and other vehicles, other manufacturers, they say that that, that engine at the moment is just about the best engine you can buy, full stop. Let's come back to it. I think maybe next week I'll do an update on, it's, has it been six? It's probably been six months with the M40D and I'll, I'll do a proper chat. I did, I did, I had marked it for a future episode. So, um, it was Peter, wasn't it? That, thank you for the question. Uh, that's all I'll say for now. Yeah. Cause I've it's, got some it's stuff worth discussing that. on yeah, that yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, anyway, uh, a few things to kind of finish up on. First, I got a very exciting invitation from Ferrari this week. Hello. Love you. I am going on the Ferrari Puro Sangue. Oh. which I, I can't I need to learn how to pronounce. I'm going on the press drive of that early next year. Oh. So that'll be very exciting. Uh, a bit like with the um, 296 GTS. I have no idea how much time I'm going to get behind the wheel. I think it's quite an intense uh, experience. Yeah. But really intriguing and excited. So hopefully my review of that will be coming out uh, I think in March, I think. So let's wait and see. Uh, I'm, I'm intrigued by that car. Um... I think it'll be fascinating for us to, oh, to learn about it. it's a rip-off, but okay. Yeah, very, very high cost. And I think it's probably just a lifted Lusso, but either way, uh, very exciting. So that, that's that's some exciting news. Yeah, yeah. And then maybe more exciting for this podcast, because it's going to give us a lot to talk about early next week. Actually, by the time we record our next episode, I'm going to have spent a few days in a Lotus Amira. Oh! Oh, <laughs> finally! I mean, I've only been waiting six months, nine months, and like that. Um, th- partly through my own fault, the initial press drives that happened at the beginning of the year or, or in the spring, which I think were still with prototype cars, I wasn't around to do. And I said, oh, look, I, it's not really my thing anyway, apart from a few cars. I don't tend to go on too many big launch events, having just said that I'm going on the Purusang. <laughs> but anyway, I, don't, I, I prefer to wait and get the t- car for a bit more time, have you more like time to go to for a coffee in one. I like to go for a coffee or in one, do my own thing. Exactly. Like <laughs> those press drives are often so constrained that for me, I'm like, ah, I, I'm an artist. I want to do more. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so I missed that. And I said, go wait, and I'll drive the, drive the car at the end of the summer and do something cool with it. And then like every manufacturer in the world, Lotus got hit with production delays. So I'm a man who knows about production delays. Look at the GT3. Um, so we kept getting pushed back, pushed back. We kept putting dates in the diary, push back, push back, push back. And now, heck, bloody, I mean, you know, Shmi's got his, Harry Metcalf's got his, 
So I'm a bit late to the game, but I don't They're really around, care. Don't I don't well. really care. I'm just, ex- I'm just, re- I'm really, I'm really intrigued and excited, actually. Well, good. Um, I'm glad one of us is. Well, because <laughs> we've been through every emotion with that car. Like I haven't. Well, you haven't. From day one, you've been <laughs> Not like, interested. Actually, to be fair, when the re- launch photos came out and the launch info came out, you were very excited at my wedding. <laughs> You know what happened? Yeah, <laughs> I know what happened. We won't, won't repeat that. Maybe no. we did already tell that story, but anyway, um, when you first saw info and ha- found out about that car, you were excited. Yeah, and when you saw it at Goodwood, you got disappointed, and from then on, you've been like, Boy, yeah, yeah, because I actually saw it in the actual flesh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, but but from day one, I was excited, and then I went through a bit of a, uh, and now I'm excited again, and I just, yeah, I want to get behind the wheel and see what it's all about. All so, right. I think maybe not next week, but the week after we'll chat about my experience with that car i think um so yeah so so exciting things ahead in the next few weeks and of course christmas any day now i know um for those of you who have joined us for our first live stream um hopefully we'll be back for another one next week and then over christmas i'm not entirely sure we might do a few pre-recorded episodes because you're going away for a few days Mm -hmm. i've got some family commitments um so we may pre-record and put some out so we may miss a few live streams but we'll let you know and then of course uh, live streams will continue uh, thick and fast um uh, in the new year when yeah god maybe i could live stream my gt3 collection hello you uh, could reveal it on behind the glass i think i might do an exclusive spec reveal yeah you on should. behind the glass uh that will go out a few days before the video um, I think that's the, that's the plan, is to do a spec reveal yeah. on the podcast. So subscribe now! <laughs> uh, subscribe now! Turn on notifications! You don't want to miss it! <laughs> uh, let's just double check there's no uh, other final questions before uh, we sign off today. Um, Marcus Philpot wants to know, are you still dealing the Roma? No. No? <laughs> oh, what happened? Gone? Well, no, no, no. It's not gone. Um, I just don't use it, mate. What, I, because I, I, of the weather or just like... Just in general, like, I've got so... I shouldn't have bought that car. Oh, my God. No, I, I, re, I do this like... this from? I do like it. I've put it up for sale. Oh, I, I do like... So, if anyone wants a really high-spec Roma, it's on the website, by the way. It's one careful lady driver. One of the... Well, it is, mate. I've barely driven it. I've done cool. 600 miles in it. I've had it three months. I've not used it. And... This is the problem I have with having with having a car for this country for me. And it happens to me all the time, which is why they go on the website. I buy a car and I use that. The problem is I've got 50 other cars at work I can choose from. Oh, of course. That's that's what I'm saying. And this, this is the problem. Like, You don't need a nice car uh, to drive around in every day. No, because I use my van every day yeah. for work. And at the weekend, I've got the pick of whatever I want to use. So at the moment, I'm using the RS6. So what do I need? The Roma's less practical. It, it's not anywhere near as nice in this weather to use. It's a bit of a ball lake. You know what I mean? So the the, the, the entertainment system is nowhere as good as the Audi either. Tony, the car hater, strikes again. So, no, 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 no. I, I really wish that I'd been able to give that car a bit more of a chance because I do really like it. I love it when I get in it and I drive it, but I just not, I just don't use it because I don't use fast cars in this country. I just don't use them. So it's now available at the bargain price of a hundred grand over list uh, over at no, Gravelwood Cars. It's actually really good value that car. Of because course that, you'd say that. No, no, no. Just <laughs> wait a minute, will you? Because it was nearly 260 grand list. Right. It's like 
50 grand under list. It's still like a brand new car. And you, if you use the uh, discount code behind the glass, you get £100 off. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure to tag us. Um, but anyway, I think that's a good time to wrap up this week's episode. Uh, it's been an interesting insight into the, well, the world of forthcoming M2s, uh, but also good to chat about, yeah, GT3 uh, and F-Pace SVR car, which despite everything we said, I do think is often overlooked. Uh, yes, if you've watched us live over on Recast, thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you're intrigued by Recast or you want to watch our next live streamed recording session, uh, there's always a link in the description below. You can go and sign up and book your place, buy your place or buy tickets even for our next online live stream. Uh, obviously, there's also bonus content over there after the record flag and early access to episodes. Uh, if you want to follow Tony on social media, he's at Tony Gravelwood Car Sales. Uh, I'm at Seen Through Glass and we'll be back back with you maybe for a Christmas special next week. God, that'd be exciting, wouldn't it? Yeah, and if yeah. you want a car over Christmas, ladies and gentlemen, pop on the website, have a look. Might have something that you might fancy put under the tree. And don't forget, £100 off. <laughs> hashtag behind the glass. We'll catch up with you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.